Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. I don't know about you, but I've already started sewing some holiday decor and handmade gifts. I'm always running late on things during the holidays, so forced myself to plan ahead and start early this year, if you can even call November early. (laughs) And because of that, I'm hoping to have time to sew for a charity I love in the coming months. On today's show, we're giving some tips for finding a sewing charity to support and how to get involved this holiday season. We also share some fun holiday programs and challenges we think you'll love. And of course, it wouldn't be holiday season if we didn't chat a little about quilty gifts on our list. So let's dive in. Tis the season of giving. The holidays are a meaningful time to sew for a charity. Using your talents to help others will spread cheer and love to your community and those in need. Especially this year, it seems like many people need a little lift in their spirits, and nothing shows you care more than giving a handmade item. I'm here with Elizabeth, the art director of American Patchwork and Quilting, to talk more about how you can get involved in a charity this holiday season. Quilters are some of the most generous people we know. Most quilters already share their handmade items with others, either by giving gifts to family and friends or by regularly donating to a sewing charity that they love. But if you've never donated to a sewing charity before or are looking for new ways to share your talents, we have a few tips to get you started. The first tip is to find a charity to support. There are hundreds of charities out there which can be overwhelming to research. So to help narrow it down, we suggest starting with a cause near and dear to your heart, such as charities that support veterans, cancer survivors, foster children, the homeless population, shelter animals, or even those in nursing homes. Odds are, if you take a moment to think, you'll feel a calling to a specific cause to support. It might also be helpful to think about the type of project you want to sew. Depending on your available time and your budget, you may want to make throw-sized quilts or maybe something a little smaller like a pillowcase. Thinking through these things can help you narrow down a potential charity. And you can find charities by searching on Google with the cause and type of project you'd like to make. Once you've narrowed down your list of potential charities, you want to do some research just as you would before donating money to a charity. So make sure that the charity is legitimate, first of all. So check out their website, make sure they have clear contact information and an address listed. And you may just want to call or send an email to the charity to see if you get a response from a staff member or volunteer. You may also want to see if the charity has a social media page like on Facebook, where others are engaged with the charity and are sharing their positive experiences of working with them. Another important reason to do research is because many sewing charities have very specific requirements for the quilts or projects that they accept. Everything from size and fabric requirements to washing and quilting and even more specific ways they want you to mail off or drop off your donations. Now, because of the pandemic, some charities aren't accepting donations, so that's another thing to watch out for before starting to sew. Good point. So now that it's time to sew... There's a few things to think about. So when you're sewing for charity, 
it's important to pick the right pattern. So some charities actually offer suggested patterns or have free ones on their website that meet all their requirements. But if you're picking your own pattern, it's best to keep it simple. So this doesn't mean your finished project won't be pretty, but many times charities would prefer more donations versus the most beautiful and intricate donations. That's a great point. And just don't be deterred if you're a beginning quilter. Basic piecing and simple machine quilting or even tying a quilt are common in charity projects. And we promise the recipient won't care if their quilt has a few block points cut off or if your rows don't perfectly line up. Yeah, I know in the past we've heard that charities that donate quilts to homeless people actually prefer the ugliest quilts because they're less likely to get stolen. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a good one. Yeah. So it's a it's a good use for all those like random fabrics you don't, that don't match well. <laughs> yeah, or maybe even some practice blocks. Yeah. So now don't feel like you have to donate to charities alone. There are many ways to get involved in groups who sew for charity. So check your local quilt shop, a quilt guild, or your church group to see if they have available opportunities for sewing for charity. Some of these groups even collect fabric or monetary donations to cover the cost of materials so that you don't have to worry about spending your own money. Or you could even pair up with a few friends to help share the workload. For instance, maybe one of your friends loves to choose fabrics and cut, and another one might be a pro at piecing. Maybe another one owns a long-arm quilting machine and can help to finish those quilts. You can divide and conquer to finish the quilts even faster. Yeah, I would need that friend that owns the long arm because I would I would finish the quilt top and then I would <laughs> I would lose my steam on charity quilts. Me too. And then I'd ask for them to give it back to me so I can do the binding, which I love. <laughs> me too. And don't think that sewing projects is the only way to help some of these charities. Many charities, like we said, accept donations of fabrics and supplies. So if you have a large stash or tools you never use, consider donating them to an organization who will use it. If you're short on time, you can also give a monetary gift to help cover the organization's cost of operations. Or even share about their charity on social media to help raise awareness and get your quilter friends involved too. We wanted to share a few charity projects our staff supports in case you're still stumped about one to get involved in. Now, of course, we have our very own One Million Pillowcase cha Challenge charity, which we'll be sharing more about later on in the show. We also donate fabric to Days for Girls International, which makes sustainable menstrual products for girls around the world, and the Navajo Quilt Project, which provides fabric to quilters in the Navajo Nation who have little access to materials. And members of our staff personally contribute quilts to Quilts of Valor, Project Linus, and make quilts for raffles or other organizations that they support. So Elizabeth, I know your mother quilts a lot for charity. Do you want to share a little bit about what she's doing? Sure, yeah. In the past couple of years, my mom has gotten really involved with Quilts of Valor. And if you're not familiar with Quilts of Valor, they are an organization that presents quilts to veterans. Now, before COVID, a group of about 15 women would gather in my parents' basement every Wednesday to work on quilts together. And everyone contributes their talents to the group and help to share the workload. Each woman focuses on a task that they love, whether it be cutting, piecing, or binding. And they even have a sewing frame set up so that a couple of women can sit around and hand quilt. 
So far, they have presented over 170 quilts to veterans in their county. That's amazing. Yes, they're doing such good work there. Your mom is a busy lady. She's very busy. (laughs) And just to remember, while the holidays are a great time to give the gift of your time and talents to a charity, charities are in need all year long. So if you start a quilt this holiday season but get sidetracked or get a little busy, don't worry. Just pick it up as you have more time. The charity will be happy for your donation at any time. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing an exciting announcement about our One Million Pillowcase Challenge, as well as some fun holiday programs we'd love for you to join in on. Welcome back. I'm going to hand the mic over to Beth to give an update on our One Million Pillowcase Challenge. We think it's a great way to get involved in a sewing charity for this year. Take it away, Beth. Hi, I'm Beth, here with an update on the One Million Pillowcase Challenge. We're sprinting toward the finish line to meet our goal of donating one million pillowcases to charities all across the country. With recent donations from our Fall Pillowcase Dash participants and other donations coming in, the count now stands at 996,849. That's fewer than 4,000 pillowcases to go to reach our goal. We can make it to 1 million by the end of 2020, but we need your help in the next two months. The holidays are a great time to sew and donate pillowcases. For a fun variation on the basic pattern, turn the pillowcase into a drawstring bag. It serves double duty as both a gift bag and pillowcase. To make your gift even more impactful, Consider adding some travel-sized toiletries, a book, or a stuffed animal to the pillowcase. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash pillowcase bag for the free pattern. Making pillowcases is a great family activity this holiday season too. Teach the kids to sew while showing them how to be compassionate and empathetic by helping others. Consider having them make one for themselves and donate one. A trip to the store to select fabrics can be a fun outing and help young children think about what someone else might like. When it's time to sew, even the youngest kids can help. Put the sewing machine foot pedal on the table and tell them when to go or stop while you guide the fabric through the machine. I also wanted to share a story of one of our staff members who was recently able to spread some cheer with a pillowcase donation. When American Patchwork and Quilting staffer Ashley Jacobs' stepdad, Papa Dave, was hospitalized after cancer surgery, she gave him a tractor print pillowcase to use during his stay. Ashley, Ashley's mom Pauline, and Papa Dave had all attended pillowcase events in the past and made pillowcases for local charities and hospitals. It's so nice when we can pay it forward to one of our volunteers. After hearing nurses make positive comments about the special pillowcase, Ashley asked if they would like to hand some out to current and future patients. When they said they would, Ashley was able to deliver 200 pillowcases. And these pillowcases have come from all over the country that have been donated to the One Million Pillowcase Challenge by our readers of our magazine and our listeners of our podcast. So thank you so much for sending those in. So we donated those to the John Stoddard Cancer Center in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm happy to report Papa Dave is now home from the hospital and recovering well. Ashley's story is a great reminder how much a pillowcase can mean to someone in need. If you want to donate but are stumped as to where to send the completed pillowcases, here are some ideas. We've donated in the past to children's hospitals, refugee services, domestic violence shelters, homeless shelters, youth shelters, and more. 
basically any place someone would spend the night, they might need pillowcases. You can also check with local toy drives, churches, or holiday giving trees to see if they would like to include a pillowcase for the families they're helping. For a list of suggested and specific charities that take pillowcases, visit allpeoplequilt.com charity. And if you can't find a charity near you, you can always mail them to us. We'll combine your donation with others we receive and send them to charities in need all over the country. For that information, visit allpeoplequilt.com donate. There are so many ways to help people in need for the holidays, and we hope you'll consider making a pillowcase or two or more to donate this season. It's a fun, quick, and easy way to spread some holiday cheer. And don't forget to let us know how many you've made so your pillowcases will count towards a goal at allpeoplequilt.com donate. Thanks, Beth. Now we're moving on to Behind the Scenes from the Crafts Lab, a segment where we share a behind-the-scenes look at what's happening in the office. Keeping with the holiday spirit, we have two programs happening in November that we think our listeners will love. The first is So Thankful, a two-week celebration of things and people to be grateful for in our quilting lives. Each day leading up to Thanksgiving, we're issuing a prompt on social media that will inspire you to share stories or photos of things that you're thankful for this holiday season. Each day from November 12th through the 25th, we'll post the day's prompt on social media. You can share pictures and stories of what you're grateful for, either as comments on the posts or on Instagram using the hashtag I'm so thankful. And if you want to take extra time each day to reflect, we have a journaling page that you can print out. I think it would be a really nice way to start each day just with a cup of coffee or tea and a little time spent journaling about what you're thankful for. So if you don't already, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram to join the fun. Then, the weekend of Thanksgiving, we're hosting a virtual quilt retreat. We know that the holidays may be tough for some people this year, so if your Thanksgiving plans were canceled, like mine were, or you're just looking for some motivation to work on holiday decor and gifts, we hope you can join us on Saturday, November 28th for our virtual quilt retreat. That's the Saturday following Thanksgiving. You don't have to sign up and you definitely don't have to leave your house. You just have to log into Facebook or Instagram to join in. The virtual quilt retreat, it's a really fun way to connect with quilters from all over the world while making progress on a project or two. So block off your calendar, get in your comfiest clothes. Uh, no judgment if you're going to wear pajamas all day. That's definitely what I'll be doing. Grab some favorite snacks and turn on a holiday music or a movie. So we'll be asking questions and posting photos throughout the day on our social media pages. Um, and if you're on Instagram, you can hashtag your pictures with APQRetreat so we can see them. And as a bonus this year, we'll also be hosting a charity hour to encourage everyone to spend a little time this holiday season sewing for a favorite charity. We know not everyone will be able to join us because it's a holiday weekend, and we absolutely understand that, but... Um, we thought it would just be a nice way for people who may have to cancel their plans or just need that connection during the holidays. 
um, to spend time with each other and have something to look forward to. And we host a few of these virtual retreats throughout the year. So if you miss it this month, don't worry, just watch for the next one. Plenty of time to join in. So we'll link to more info about these two programs in our show notes so that you can remind yourself of all the details. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing some fun quilty products we love, and we'll hear a story of quilters making a difference in their communities. Welcome back. Now we're moving on to what we are loving, and we're all about the holidays right now. If you're hosting guests for the holidays or just want to add some festive touches to your space, we have a few suggestions of products to help. We have two book recommendations first, which is especially handy if you like to sew all your own holiday decor. The first is a book from Martingale called Blue and White Quilts. It showcases 13 quilt patterns in this classic blue and white color palette. The designs include both modern designs and also some antique treasures, and they're all designed by top designers in the industry, so we're sure you'll recognize some of their names. And blue and white is just perfect for winter, so it can move through that season, and of course it's classic, so it can stay in your house all year long. The next book is by author Rhonda McRae, and it's called Christmas in the Country. So the book has 15 farmhouse-inspired projects, including things like wall quilts, table toppers, and even an advent calendar. The projects use both patchwork and fusible applique to create just really gorgeous holiday designs that you can then embellish with embroidery or buttons, and they're all so cozy looking. Next, we want to talk about a product you may not necessarily think of as quilty, but we immediately thought of English paper piecing when we were looking at it. The tile mat from Letterfolk is an all-purpose floor mat that comes with 150 removable hexagon tiles to create your own designs. So it's just like designing an English paper piecing hexagon quilt so that you can do quilty designs and even spell out some words. And best of all, there are a lot of color tiles available, so you could get red and green colors to personalize the mat for the holidays. And to finish our list for the day, we want to mention the Happy Quilter Mug, which is a stoneware ceramic mug that has sort of a distressed look. It comes in red and blue colors and says the phrase, do what you love, with a picture of a spool of thread. And it's so cute and it's perfect for sipping your hot chocolate or you could even give it as a gift with a little hot chocolate mix inside. And the best thing about it is the mug is dishwasher safe, which is just a lifesaver when you're busy during the holidays. So over the next few months, we'll be sharing our top picks for gift items. So keep listening in to hear more things we love. And of course, we'll link to all these gifts in our show notes so that you can add them to your list if you're interested. Now I'm handing it over to Allison, the designer of Quilts and More magazine, for Quilting Changes Everything, a segment where we share stories of quilters making a difference in their communities. Take it away, Allison. 
I don't know about you, but during this pandemic, I've sometimes felt uninspired to just sit and sew. Madeline Fugate, an eighth grade student from Studio City, California, has felt the exact opposite. After watching the number of COVID-related deaths increase, she felt compelled to memorialize the individual lives lost through quilting. We see the number of people who died on the news and the numbers just keep going up and they become so big that it's hard to understand, Madeline said. I want to remind everyone that each number is a real person with a family and friends who loved them, and they will never be forgotten. This spring, at the end of her seventh grade year, Madeline's school assigned students to complete a community action project, which is when she started working on the COVID memorial quilt. She has continued her project beyond the school assignment because it's something she feels passionately about. Madeline's mother, Catherine, worked on the AIDS memorial quilt 30 years ago. She shared her passion about the project with Madeline, which helped inspire her to create a similar tribute. Madeline put a call out for people to create eight inch square fabric memorial squares to be put into a quilt. The quilt squares can be anything, a name, a photo, a poem, a sports team, even a square from a favorite t-shirt. Anything that makes the person real, so they are not just numbers in the news, she said. Madeline is also working with some of her classmates to help create blocks for those individuals who don't sew, but still want to pay tribute and memorialize their loved ones. Shortly after Madeline put the call out for memorial squares, she started getting mail from all over the country and even from around the world. Many people included handwritten notes along with their blocks, talking about the person being remembered. Touching tributes came in from people from all walks of life, from nurses to teachers to musicians. Cleef Jones, who came up with the idea for the AIDS Memorial Quilt in 1985, found out about Madeline's COVID Memorial Quilt and reached out to her. I want to thank Madeline personally for taking up the mantle and carrying on the tradition of remembrance, said Cleve. I'm incredibly touched that a 13-year-old in 2020 is inspired by my work and activism in the 1980s. Madeline has been compiling the blocks she receives into panels with 25 squares each, along with sashing and borders. The hope for these quilts is that they be displayed in city halls, museums, hospitals, churches, and wherever healing needs to take place. My hope is that this project keeps growing and the quilt keeps getting bigger because I want every person who dies of COVID-19 to be remembered, said Madeline. As long as people are dying, we will keep sewing so that each person is remembered. If you'd like to contribute to the COVID memorial quilts, Check out our show notes for more information. Thanks so much, Allison. Before we leave today, I wanted to share a fun opportunity for all of our podcast listeners. The week of Thanksgiving, we're doing a podcast show called Count Your Quilty Blessings, and we'd love to hear a story of something or someone that you're thankful for in your quilting life so that we can share it on that podcast. If you'd like to share please call and leave us a voicemail at 515-257-6870. Or you can also email us your story or a voice memo at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Have a great week, everyone.